One, Forever Alone, is an ongoing story-based podcast and is a work of fiction. It is created and narrated by J.A. Larock. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Chapter 24 Reevaluation. It is not always a traditional nightmare that may last for a few moments or a few hours that can harm you the most. Time works differently in the dream world. One can live an entire lifetime in a dream, and with that, the emotions and feelings that comes with living for a lifetime. You can fall asleep hating your waking life and be granted a dream consisting of a life with everything you could have ever wanted. It sounds like a gift. That is until you awaken. It is then you discover that the joy you'd felt had been ripped from you. It is then you realize that you weren't in a pleasant dream, but a cruel nightmare. Once again, it was the darkness and cold that I first felt. Then came the pain. It felt familiar, too familiar. I was lying down and my first thought was that perhaps I had returned to the hospital. The pain I felt was consistent with what I'd remembered. The woman standing in the alleyway, me falling from my motorcycle. I forced my eyes open and I could see a figure. I called out to what I wanted it to be. Dr. Leaves? My voice trailed off. It was weak and frail. The image did not answer. As my vision cleared, I could make out that the figure was the same woman from the alleyway. While part of me was relieved, there was another part that wished it was Dr. Leaves. She could see I was looking at her. Her face was bright, as if she was not trapped in the same world that I was. She smiled at me. I stared into her jet black eyes. They were studying me. Her smile was meant to relax me. I was wondering when you were going to wake up, or if you were ever going to wake up. Her voice was a combination of Ashley's and Christine's. It had a youthful tone reinforced with wisdom and intelligence, and there was something else I could not yet place. Her hair, long, straight down to her shoulders, and was just as dark as her eyes. She placed her hand on my chest. It was warm and comforted me, more than I would have admitted at the time. Then her expression changed. Well, the good news is, you appear to be fine. The bad news is, you're dead. Her words cleared the remaining grogginess from my mind. My eyes widened as they locked onto hers, searching for a hint of jest, but I found none. I forced myself upright. A wave of dizziness came over me. I reached down and realized I was lying on a leather couch in the lobby of an office building. My actions startled the woman, causing her to jump backwards and away from me. 
She lost her balance and fell onto her backside. She stared up at me in shock. I would have used two hands if I knew that you were going to spaz out like that. With the dizziness subsiding, I looked around at my surroundings. I did not recognize the building. A rectangle of black leather seats sat next to a massive glass window looking out to the street. The lobby was large but mostly empty of furniture. A receptionist kiosk sat at the front of four sets of elevators. I turned my attention back outside. The sky was still gray. I was still in the vacant world, but it was not clear where I was taken or how long I was unconscious. Let me just answer your questions, okay? We are still in Chicago, and yes, we seem to be the only two people left. Her words were clear, absolute, and with no fear within them. She stood up and looked at me, but kept her distance. It was clear she was suspicious of me, and I could not blame her for that. Also, I could not stop looking at her and wondering about her presence. After everything that had happened, I could not believe what my own eyes saw, even if I desperately wanted to. Are you... real? Perhaps a foolish question to ask her, but as what came out of my mouth. She smirked and rubbed her backside. Uh, yeah. Do you want to know how I know I'm real? The pain in my ass, thanks to you, that's how. I tried to stand, but the dizziness returned. Unable to keep my balance, I slumped back onto the couch. A sharp pain caused me to raise my hand to my forehead. The woman walked over to a nearby table and grabbed a towel. When she returned, she pushed against my chest, lying me back down. I pulled my hand away from my forehead and looked at it. It was bleeding. The woman laid the cloth over my forehead. It was cold and wet. You really shouldn't try to stand just yet. You took quite a header into that Mercedes. She looked at me curiously. Then her eyes looked straight up. She was thinking something over. I could not help it. I just continued looking at her. There was something familiar about her face. And yet. I couldn't place it. After a few seconds, she looked back at me, as if puzzled. You must have injured yourself before. I mean, you were wearing a helmet, but you have a nasty-looking gash on your forehead. Maybe it opened up when you fell. Either way, you'll be okay. You just need to rest here for a while. The gash on my forehead did not concern me. It was finding someone else in this world that did. Her words about me being dead and the feeling that I had somewhere seen her before filled my mind. I once again forced myself to stand. My legs started to shake and buckle as the room began to spin before I fell back onto the couch. The woman just looked at me shaking her head as if disappointed. You're pretty stupid, huh? Did that happen after the crash or were you born like that? I just told you to rest. Don't you realize you were in an accident? Yes. And I was in the accident because of you. What the hell were you doing anyway? 
First you run from me, then you jump out in front of my motorcycle? I could have killed you. I could have been killed. Who are you anyway? I talked to her as if we were not in this impossible situation. She then sat down across from me and smirked. Her expression told me she was thinking the same thing. My name is Anna, and it wasn't my intention to make you crash. You need to understand, I thought I was all alone, and then I see you on that bike looking like some killer or something. You chased me down like a psycho. I didn't know what to do. Her explanation made sense, but I would not allow myself to fall into yet another hallucination. Meeting another person in this world went against everything I had surmised. If this was a dream, why would my mind create her? A woman that is familiar, yet foreign. I could not trust her. Not yet. But I needed answers. My name's Timothy. I also thought I was all alone here. Well, until I saw you. How long have you been out here? When did this whole thing start for you? Do you know what happened here? She seemed overwhelmed by my questions. She put her hands out in front of her, waving me away. She wanted me to slow down. I did not care even if she lied to me. I just wanted to hear a response. Even if everything she said was false, there could still be answers within the lies. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Slow down with the questions, detective. Look, I don't have any answers for you. At least none that would help. I wish I knew what was going on, but I don't. All I remember is going to bed after a night of partying and then I woke up in the twilight zone. I honestly did not expect her to have any real answers. If she were a figment of my imagination then she would have no more information than I would have. If she were just like me, then she would have nothing but her own theories, nothing concrete I could go on. I'm sorry, Anna. I was, I was just hoping that you would have some insight about what happened. Nothing has made sense since I woke up in this place. There was a time I thought perhaps, perhaps you were crazy? I felt that way too. I thought it had to be a dream or hallucination or death. It could have been any of those. I never expected to find another person. She was just like me, at least in her thinking. I slowly rose to my feet and steadied myself. The dizziness did not return. I just needed to stand. She watched me closely as I walked over to the window and placed my hand against it. I was not sure what to do. With another person in this world, so much of my thinking would need to change. So now what? she asked. It was her question and my thought. I turned and leaned against the window and looked at her. Reevaluation. With you here, everything has changed. I would rather go with the theory that I'm not crazy. At least not completely. We need to find out what's going on.
if there are any other people around. If we stick together and... Fine. You may not be a total sicko. At least... I don't think you are. But don't you get any funny ideas? Even if we are the Adam and Eve of this Earth, I don't plan on repopulating this place anytime soon if you get my drift. Her words and attitude brought a smile to my face. I wanted to trust her, and that's what kept me cautious. There was a reason I found her, and though I never believed in unchangeable fate, it was possible that she, in one way or another, could lead me out of all this. I had to believe that. Okay then, I have a question for you, Timothy. When I saw you, where were you going? There was some information I wanted to look up. I tried the internet, but I, I couldn't get on, and I was headed to Daily Plaza to see if there was something I could find about what happened. I was lying to her, but I did not want to tell her about my family issues and the fact that I thought everything revolved around my family and myself. She did not need to know what I was really looking for. It did not matter anymore. There's nothing there. I went to the police stations, the fire station, and even City Hall. I didn't find anything. I don't want to believe this, but I just don't think that an event did this. At least, not one that was recorded. As far as I know, either everyone on Earth vanished, or just we did. Or else, we did. She had considered the same thing that I had. If it was possible that everyone on Earth could disappear in an instant, then it would have to be just as probable that we were the ones that vanished. But there was still the question of why. There was a pause in my thoughts because I found myself going on her words and her assumptions. If she were part of the delusion, then I would be willingly heading deeper into it. I also went to Cook County Hospital. I figured there'd have to be someone there, but I found no one. And then I went out searching all of yesterday and then I fell asleep and this morning I woke up here still alone and just decided to stop trying. My thoughts of giving up were different than hers. She was willing to just live in this world and accept it while I either wanted an explanation, an answer, or I was willing to kill myself to escape. But she... She was ready to adapt, while I was not. Realizing that fact about myself disturbed me. Why would you stop trying, Anna? Because fighting the answer doesn't mean it'll lead me to freedom. I just figured, why not try to enjoy what I have here, if possible? There was once a topic on a message board where it asked if you had the world to yourself, what would you do? Most people talked about all the fun they would have and all the things that they would be able to do all by themselves. Even when it was explained that they would be all alone without their families and loved ones, many just did not understand. 
I was one of them. While I thought I understood what it would be like to truly be alone, I responded as if it wouldn't be a problem. Perhaps it would have not been possible to find joy in this world alone. But I was not alone any longer. So, you have just accepted being here, all alone in this world, without any of your family or your friends? I've only accepted that I am here. If there are answers to be found, then they will be. If not, then they won't. In the meantime, I'll just make the best with what I have. How about I show you what I was doing before you saw me? She grabbed hold of my hand and for an instant, I wanted to pull away. That moment of startling fear confused me. Anna, in the short time that I had known her, appeared to be a smart, competent, strong woman. Someone any other time I would admire. And yet there was an uneasiness about her ability to adapt so well to her situation. Was it that I just did not believe her? Or was it that I was ashamed that I was unable to do the same? She wanted to show me the world she created in what I feared was a nightmare or hallucination. My choices were to reject that world and continue on my personal journey for answers, or to allow myself to be pulled into it, and perhaps never wanting to leave. I cleared my mind and gently squeezed her hand. She smiled and pulled me out the door. I had made my choice. There was no going back now. Next time. Chapter 25